Welcome to Awen, guided by spirit. Awen is the air of inspiration that permeates all life. This podcast is a space for you to be inspired to listen to your spirit. You'll learn more about intuition, living cyclically with the seasons, energy healing, natural magic, and more. I'm your host, Cassie Yule. I'm a gentle guide to spirit, an author, artist, and healer trained in Celtic and British shamanic practices. Learn more at CassieYule.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-E-U-H-L.com or at CassieYule on Instagram. Welcome. Hello and welcome back. Wow, two podcasts right in a row. I am just as surprised as you may be. I doubt I'll be making a habit of this, but after my last share, it felt timely to discuss death in relation to our upcoming Sabbath of Salwin. So I have a couple of quick announcements before we dig in. First, the shop is freshly stocked with lots of new goodies for Samhain, including handcrafted herbal smoke wands by Earth and Ember, some really yummy candles by a local woman, and kits with crystal skulls and obsidian mirrors. So if any of those things sound intriguing or they're calling to you, I hope you'll check them out. There's a link in the show notes, but of course, if you're on my newsletter, you've already received the email with all of the links to all those new goodies. So I am greatly diminishing the physical products that I offer over the next few months, as I've mentioned, but I do intend to offer some smaller and more curated offerings specifically for Beltane and Samhain because I really enjoy it. And I know that many of you have too. Second, and similar to last time, I'd like to offer a content warning for this episode. Similar to the last episode, I will be discussing themes surrounding death. So if you're actively grieving or recently lost someone, this is just a gentle notice. Okay, let's take a moment to root into this space and just take a deep breath. So wherever you are, if you're able, just inhale and exhale in a way that feels good to you in your body. All right, let's jump in. So in ushers in the third and final harvest and shifts us into the darker half of the year. The Sabbath is situated in between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice and falls on October 31st and November 1st. Samhain is our annual invitation to explore and honor not only the need for death and decay, but to explore our acceptance around death and decay. As we embark on the season of the dead, the crone, and the returning to the cauldron to be transformed, we're faced with the fact that no person, animal, or plant can depart from the inevitability of the death and rebirth cycle. We see the flow of this cycle in the seasons and nature, yet so often our human minds recoil when we think about the death phase and the cycle of life. In this episode, We'll be exploring the archetype of death in relation to the Witch's New Year, also known as Samhain. I'm also going to offer some insights around why Samhain is considered the Witch's New Year, the importance of honoring the dead and death in this season, and some ways to tune into this season through ritual and common correspondences. 
So why is Samhain, the witch's new year? Early in my practice, when I was working with the wheel of the year and the seasons, it confused me that Samhain was considered the new year. Here in the States and in many other places around the world, there's a hyper-focus on the new year being a time of celebration and newness. Why then does Samhain, our descent into darkness, mark the new year for those honoring a nature-based spiritual practice? In my reading and research and experience with working with the Wheel of the Year, Samhain is the ever-important gestational period before the return of the light. It is the part that's so often overlooked in our patriarchal and linear-driven society that we currently live in. Just like the fetus that transforms in the womb, the natural world retreats into decay and death during this season. We are also given the same opportunity to withdraw, allow parts of us to fall away, and to alchemize from within. Nature-based spiritual practices are rooted in the never-ending cycles, not starting points and finish lines. The witch and anyone living alongside the seasons not only understands, but eventually comes to a place of welcoming the need for decay and death. At the time of Samhain, the season calls each of us inward to begin this process of rest, death, and alchemy. One of the greatest gifts of this season, in my opinion, is the opportunity to face and learn from our relationship with death, which is what we'll be exploring here. So in this next section, I'm going to share with you three ways to explore and connect with the archetype of death for Samhain. And what I want to offer to you right now is to just notice and feel in your body when I say the words death and decay, how does it make you feel? Do you embrace these words? Do they roll off of you with ease? Or does something within you want to disassociate with these words and push them away? It's easy to see how disconnected we are from death, especially in the West. We see celebrities that refuse to age food with signs of decay thrown out, and many of our wise elders placed in homes outside of the family unit. Samhain is an opportunity to heal our wounds around death, to be more accepting of it when faced with it, whether it be in your own life or the life of a loved one. If you're willing to meet this season where it is in the depths of decay and death and has so much wisdom, to teach you and to teach all of us. In my opinion, learning how to be in this world with more acceptance around death and even aging are some of the most freeing and empowering feelings that we can cultivate. Here are a few ways that our ancestors connected to death and a few ways I like to connect with the archetype of death during this season as well. First, I want to talk about honoring loved ones and ancestors in spirit, which is a really common theme of this season, one that you'll read about and hear other people talk a lot about, most likely in regards to Samhain. One of the reasons we do this is because Samhain is the time in which the veil between the physical and the spirit realm is thin. This isn't the only time the veil is very thin at the time of Beltane too, but it's at Samhain that we're in the darker half of the year and the veil is thin. It's a time that naturally invokes a call to face death. So if you've lost loved ones, it's an ideal time to honor and connect with them. 
And it's also a great time to connect with your ancestors. Honoring deceased loved ones and ancestors can also help you tune into the archetype of death within yourself. As someone who's lost a lot of family members, I've found that the fear of death can make it challenging to connect with loved ones who have crossed over. Facing the fact that our loved ones are no longer here in physical form brings forth an undeniable recognition of death, which can be really hard. It's important to note that everyone's grief process is unique and that denial is a natural part of grieving. I went through a long phase where I could not even look at pictures of my father and my grandmother early in my grief process. If you've experienced deaths in your life, what I'm encouraging you here to do is to just be curious around your relationship with honoring loved ones who have crossed over. Maybe you're not ready to do that, and that's okay. Some common ways to honor loved ones who have transitioned into spirit are to create an altar for them with pictures offerings of food, treats, and any items they loved or that remind you of them. Doing this creates a sacred portal. And I talk about this a lot when I talk about altars. I see them as a portal into the energy that you wish to experience or connect with on a deeper level. So in the sacred portal around our ancestors or lost loved ones, it's a place to honor and have remembrance and to connect with your loved ones in spirit, whether you knew them or not. Another way to consider connecting with loved ones who have crossed over during this time is to hold a silent or a dumb supper, which is the act of making a meal and laying out the place settings for those loved ones and having that dinner with those empty place settings as a time to honor and remember those loved ones. And lastly, especially if you dabble in psychic work, Samhain is a great time to connect with your loved ones in spirit through psychic means. This could be done in any number of ways, either psychically, through tarot cards, scrying, pendulums, always one of my favorite, or any other divination tool that you prefer. And of course, like I said, this work can go far beyond that of the deceased loved ones in your immediate familial connections and can extend to your ancestors as well. If information about your cultural heritage and ancestral past is available to you, consider placing some items on your altar in honor of them as well. I'm also sharing in the show notes a great past blog post by Aaron Johnson with suggestions for a guided meditation to help you connect with your ancestors during Samhain. All right, we're going to take a short break before we dive into the other two sections that I want to discuss. Understanding Tarot is officially out in the world. Thank you so much to those of you who pre-ordered and to those who have already shared the arrival of your books. I have one quick announcement and a request surrounding my new books. First, if you did receive your Understanding Tarot book, it would mean so much to me if you could take a few minutes to leave a review on Amazon for the book. You can leave a review on Amazon even if you did not purchase your book on Amazon, but it really helps me so much as an author and it helps other people find my work too. Second, my next publication date is November 2nd for Understanding the Wheel of the Year. 
If you pre-order before the second, you can still receive my Wheel of the Year meditation package, which includes a meditation for each Sabbat on the Wheel of the Year. So if you're looking for an extra way to tune into Samhain, this is a great time to take advantage. Links to leave a review for Understanding Tarot or to pre-order Understanding the Wheel of the Year can each be found in the show notes. Thank you again for your continued support and love for these books. Let's dive into my second suggestion for connecting with the archetype of death for Samhain, and that's connecting with symbols and imagery surrounding themes of death. So like I've said, Samhain is really a beautiful opportunity to cultivate more acceptance and reverence for death and dying. Now, I do want to point out that this can be really deep work. Trust that Whatever suggestions I offer here, you do feel called to are perfect for you at this moment. And that if none of them speak to you, that's fine too. None of these are requirements for the Sabbath, merely invitations. So the first suggestion is to explore the death card in the tarot. Personally, this is one of my favorite cards. And I think it's really interesting that people who work with the tarot were so quick to make excuses for this card or make it more palatable for people. So I really invite you to dig really deep into the symbology. And I'd also want to say that I don't think there's anything wrong with making the death card more palatable, but I think it's an opportunity for us to explore, especially those of us that work with the tarot. And I've 100% been guilty of doing the same thing, especially if I reveal the death card with somebody I'm working with who's not familiar with the tarot, it can be tricky. So there's certainly a time and a place to make the death card more palatable, but I think it's something to explore and be aware of. So I really invite you to dig deep into the symbology and imagery of any death card that you have around you from any deck, or even to read different interpretations about the death card. You could consider journaling about the card or just noticing naturally what comes up for you and how it makes you feel. Another way is to connect with items or symbols associated with death and decay. Some options can be crystal skulls, real skulls, animal bones, snake sheds, or animals associated with death like owls, crows, moths, etc. There are so many ways to connect with these items and their inherent connection to death. You could simply place them on your altar for this season and notice how you feel as you engage with them regularly. You could also consider meditating with them, or if journeying is a part of your practice, you could journey to the spirit realm to learn from these animals or items to see what kind of wisdom they have to share with you. And lastly, for this section, I invite you to be more open and curious about death and how it shows up in the mundane world. When you interact with an elderly person or see an elder out in public, what comes up for you? How do they make you feel? Does it bring up something within yourself? Notice, when you come across fruits or vegetables in the grocery store with signs of decay, how does that make you feel? Do you pass over it for an item that appears more pristine? What comes up for you when you think about your own death and the inevitable death of your loved ones? 
And these aren't questions that you may be ready to sit with right now, and that's okay. These are all invitations, but the season is a really beautiful time to open yourself up to these invitations if you feel called. And if you do feel ready to approach these questions, they each hold seeds of wisdom and ultimately growth because that's what the season is. It's the incubation period. It's the compost that's in its process of decay and working in this space of the void, of the darkness, of decay can bring forth a lot of wisdom. And that brings me to the final area that I want to discuss, which is to explore and reclaim your relationship with the dark. So even our modern interpretations of Salwin with Halloween have held on to this theme of really cozying up to the dark. We see this with trick-or-treating and with just all the movies that are associated with this season. However, I think it's important to note that it wasn't until our very early departure from goddess-based encyclical practices that we started to attach negative associations with darkness and death. The dark and death have not always been feared and associated with evil. It's been really an influx of linear patriarchal thinking, God-based religions, and white supremacy that have each deeply affected our relationship with the dark and death in harmful ways. Demetra George talks about this a lot in her book, Mysteries of the Dark Moon, which I highly recommend, especially if anything in this episode is piquing your interest. The wheel of the year itself is broken into a dark and a light half. The dark half of the year and the winter begins with Samhain, and the light half and the summer begins with Beltane. Now, even though the wheel itself is a relatively modern interpretation of how our ancestors celebrated, we can see in the Kalini calendar of the Celts that there was a deep and equal reverence for both the light and the dark phases of the year. So I really encourage you at this season to notice what feelings arise in you when you think about the dark, whether it be the literal absence of light or even black objects. You might even find it helpful to spend more time in the dark, outside or inside, simply to notice how it makes you feel and what it brings up within you. Once you start digging, it's hard to unsee all of the ways we've been trained to associate the dark with negativity. I don't offer these invitations to say that the light is bad. I think it's our often dysfunctional relationship with the dark that cuts us off from the wisdom of death. And that's the invitation of the season is reclaiming and cultivating again, that relationship with the dark, with death. Shadow work can be a great place to start when exploring our relationship with the dark as well. And the season is a great time to dig into shadow work. I've got several past blog posts about shadow work and ways to start this, and I'll link those in the show notes as well. And finally, I always want to leave you with some common correspondences because it's such a big part of my practice and I love correspondences. Here are some of my favorite common correspondences, and most of these are all from my new book, Understanding the Wheel of the Year, coming out in just a couple weeks. As we've already discussed, many of the themes around Samhain are ancestral connections, releasing, cleansing, death, divination, protection, and the underworld. 
The moon phase associated with this is the waning crescent. And the dark moon phase often gets left out of this, even though it's such an important part. So I think that dark moon phase really near the tail end of the season also comes in, also at the beginning of the winter solstice as well. For crystals, my favorites for this season are amethyst, labradorite, obsidian, onyx, and hematite. And obviously these are all very protective stones. Amethyst and Labradorite are especially helpful for connecting with psychic abilities, intuitive abilities. Obsidian is a common stone for the season because it's what's often used for obsidian mirrors for scrying, which I do have a past blog post all about scrying that I will link in the show notes as well if that's something that you're interested in. And Onyx and Hematite, both just very grounding and protective. But as always, any crystal that you feel really called to work with during this season is also perfect. Colors for this season, purple, black, silver, orange. For tools, a broom or a basin, cauldron, skull shapes, bones, any items that remind you of death, salt, divination tools like pendulums, tarot cards, scrying mirrors, etc. And of course, anything that reminds you of loved ones that have crossed over or your ancestors. For plants and scents, I love mugwort, cinnamon, clove, patchouli, mullein, garlic. These are all great scents or plants to connect with at this time. For foods, apples again, pomegranate, pumpkins, squash, nuts, seeds, and meat has a strong association to this season as well. For runes, I love working with the runes, um, especially on my altar for the different seasons, and there are so many really beautiful ones that align with this season. There's Algiz, which is a very protective rune, and it's especially protective when we're talking about protection in the psychic realm, which is why I particularly like it for this season. I also really enjoy Perthro for this season because it corresponds with themes of hidden secrets and mysteries. Athalo um, is another one. It relates strongly to our ancestry. And Isa is another rune I like for this season because it calls us to halt or freeze any action. Zodiac, of course. Scorpio is our corresponding zodiac sign for this season, the sign that's always calling us to dig deeper and go deeper. For goddesses, we have the Kaliak, Kredwin, Hecate, Lilith, and Persephone. And as we've discussed, we also have the death card for a corresponding tarot card. I also think that the Wheel of Fortune can be a good card to work with during this season as it really speaks to the cyclical nature of the Wheel of the Year and the idea of birth, death, and rebirth. So if you're looking for any other rituals for this season, like I said, I'm linking some past blog posts in the show notes that you can explore should you feel called. As I know, I have focused very much on the theme of death for this season. And if that's not speaking to you this season, like I said, that's fine. And this season is indeed a reason to celebrate too. It was the final harvest for our ancestors. So it does have a very celebratory nature to it. And I think that those two things can live together, death and celebration. So this can be a really unique time to hold space for both of those feelings. One of my favorite activities around the time of Samhain is to do a really thorough house cleansing where I really pull out all the stops and 
do all of the protection and cleansing things. I've got a very thorough past post on the blog about what I like to do for this house cleansing. It's also a great time to work with protection magic. And I've got loads of past blog posts about protection magic. And of course, performing any kind of psychic work around the time of Samhain is just going to be really potent and powerful this time of year. And whatever means of performing psychic work that feels comfortable to you, whether that be working with cards, oracle or tarot or pendulums, whatever you feel called to. And I always, anytime we talk about the Sabbaths on the wheel of the year, I like to remind people that it's not a day, it's a season. So you don't have to do all of these things on October 31st or November 1st. You've got an entire season to work these rituals and suggestions into your life to explore these themes that we've discussed. So definitely try not to beat yourself up if you've got goals for this Sabbath and they don't happen on the 31st or the 1st. You've got a lot of time. All right, I'm wishing you a magical and blessed Samhain and I will see you again soon. Thank you for rooting into this space with me. To support this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen. Find full transcripts for each episode, free resources, my books, courses, and services all at CassieEwell.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-E-U-H-L.com. You are here for a reason. Allow the inspiration to flow through you in a way that serves yourself and the world. Awen. Ah,